The Tapper Teacher Training is an annual retreat for homeschooling parents, a live in-person gathering that brings together heart-centered homeschoolers from all over the world for hands-on learning, community, connection, and fun. And I'd love to see you at Taproot 2024. We'll gather August 1st through 4th at a camp in Northeastern Ohio for a long weekend of engaging workshops, hiking and yoga, and personal reflection. Taproot gives everyone a chance to experience and practice singing, painting, and building main lessons in order to foster a deeper understanding of the hands-on, Waldorf-inspired approach. A team of experienced homeschoolers offer guidance rooted in each of their family's life to help bring you more joy to yours. This is our 18th year of offering this amazing experience. You can learn more at artofhomeschooling.com slash taproot2024. You're listening to the Art of Homeschooling podcast, where we help parents cultivate creativity and connection at home. I'm your host, Jean Miller, and here on this podcast, you'll find stories and inspiration to bring you the confidence you need to make homeschooling work for your family. Let's begin. Well, hello and welcome. Today, we are talking all about emotions. The safety of our homes really means that more emotional expression is going to happen at home. That's just the honest truth of it. So the question becomes, how do we stay on task and not get derailed by the reactions of our children's emotions? How do we ride the emotional roller coaster of family life? We all know some kids have big emotions. We don't want to shut them down, shut down those emotional responses that they're having. We want to hold space for emotions. And yet, sometimes we might be asking ourselves, when is enough enough? Have you ever felt like yelling, that's enough complaining already? You could finish your work in probably 20 minutes if you weren't whining, crying, rolling on the floor, complaining. So how do we remain unruffled when there are so many emotions all day long, including, by the way, our own? I often say that we, as the primary homeschooling parent, create and hold the emotional container for our entire family. Just take a moment to let that sink in because it takes a lot of energy and presence to do that. Here's the thing. When we look at emotions all at once, like the big jumble of all the emotions, we often feel like we're going to drown. That's how I felt anyway. It can feel like we're opening up Pandora's box. The emotions can be complicated, messy, startling, crazy. Other times, we get stuck on the to-do list and we try to push through and ignore the big emotions. That doesn't always work either. 
I completely understand the challenge that comes with homeschooling, especially when it involves navigating your children's big and sometimes overwhelming emotions. I have three kiddos and two are boys just 16 months apart. Lots of big feelings rolling around at our house. And here's what I learned over the years. It's important to create a supportive and empathetic learning environment while staying on track with the tasks at hand, with the fun learning experiences and activities that you've planned. We want to honor the emotions while not letting them totally derail us. Homeschooling can be challenging and emotionally demanding at times, but there are strategies that can help us stay calm, centered, and present during this amazing journey. Here are some suggestions to help you remain unruffled and supportive during these moments. Ways to respond to the too muchness of thoughts and feelings that just all come cascading in throughout the day. These are my top three tips for responding to the emotional roller coaster of homeschooling and parenting. The first one is establish a daily rhythm or routine. Now, you've heard me talk about this before, but I just want to remind you that consistency and structure can really help reduce chaos and create a sense of stability for both you as the parent and the children. Create a daily rhythm that includes dedicated time for learning, breaks, and activities. A rhythm or schedule that accounts for not only the children's needs, but also the parents' needs. Needs for space, quiet, and time alone are really important things to weave into your day. You might make a schedule of parent availability, right? You could offer that as part of your daily rhythm. A quiet time in your daily routine can be so very important, even as kids get older. So many of us are kind of acclimated to think, oh, when kids give up naps, then that quiet time is over. But not true. It is really good to continue having some downtime during the day in your daily rhythm so that everybody can take a break. And you might, you could create a schedule of parent availability and a quiet time in that daily rhythm. This can be especially important for those of us who work from home and homeschool. Your homeschool days can easily devolve into just this sense of chaos of thoughts and feelings all jumbled together. Having a flexible schedule seems really nice and it is in so many ways. However, there it can be a downside, which is that the rhythm and the schedule can just fall away altogether at times. Here's an example. You might request quiet time, say from 2 to 5 p.m. every single day or even just for an hour or 90 minutes. That's what we did. I suggest setting up spaces in your home so that 
each member of the family has a place to spend some time alone. If you want to explore this idea of rhythm further, please go have a listen to episode number three, Relax Into Your Homeschool Rhythm. I'll be sure to put a link to that in the show notes. My second tip is spend time in nature, ideally away from the house, right? Everybody gets out of the house in, into a new environment and takes a breather. I used to have a list taped to the back of one of our kitchen cabinets that was titled, What to Do When All Seems Lost. <laughs> and at the very top of the list was, Go Outside. That was my number one go-to when things seemed to be falling apart. You might want to make a list like this for yourself. Just brainstorm everything you can think of that would help you in the moment so that you can help your kiddos. Then post the list somewhere that you'll see it because in the moment when big emotions are swirling, our brains go offline. Quite literally, the executive functions of problem solving and emotional regulation that take place in that prefrontal cortex of our brains are short-circuited when big emotions are present. And spending time in nature helps all of this to calm down and helps us get re-regulated. There's even scientific evidence about this these days. All right, and tip number three is practice self-care. Make time for yourself to recharge, to de-stress. This could be as simple as taking a short walk alone. I used to do that every single morning because my husband worked from home and before my kids would get up, I would just take a walk around the block. It really, really helped me for years. You could read a book or practice mindfulness, do a short guided meditation. A well-rested and relaxed parent is better equipped to handle the demands of homeschooling and all of those big emotions. Of course, self-care can come in so many different forms. We are each different. But what I want you to hear today is that it does not have to take hours and hours of your time. The number one thing I hear when I ask homeschooling parents what they're doing to take care of themselves is that they don't have time. I felt that way myself once upon a time. But the truth is that even 10 or 15 minutes of intentional self-care can make a huge difference in your attitude, in your sense of peace, and your capacity to handle emotions throughout the day. Need some help with this? Check out episode 148 here on the podcast, What's Your Self-Care Plan? I'll put a link to that one in the show notes as well. There you have it, my top three tips for navigating the emotional roller coaster of family life. One last thing I want to mention is that it can really help to do your inner work around this and examine your thoughts about all of those emotions. I have a podcast episode on this that I'll also be sure to include in the show notes. Of course, there's so many other ideas, right? Like seeking support, setting realistic expectations, taking breaks. But the most important thing of all is to focus on connection with your children rather than 
perfection. That's why I mentioned this at the end of every single podcast episode. I want to encourage you to stop focusing on checking things off your to-do list or completing that curriculum you bought and focus more on your relationships with your kiddos. That way, You can model emotional resilience for your children by handling your own emotions in a healthier way. And the ironic thing is that this also helps to make more space for doing some learning and activities together. Don't forget to reach out for support when you need it. Find other homeschooling parents, support groups, a mental health professional perhaps, or a homeschooling mentor if you find it challenging to manage your own or your child's emotions. They can offer guidance and resources to help you. Any one of these can offer guidance and resources to help you and your child navigate these emotional moments. And by the way, I offer one-to-one mentoring if you'd like my help on your homeschooling journey. Just go to artofhomeschooling.com slash mentor with Jean to find out more. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. At the end of the day, our goal is to stay calm and present while homeschooling and while prioritizing both our own well-being as well as our child's. So remember, Every homeschooling journey is unique, and it's okay to make adjustments as needed to create a positive and rich learning environment. It's also okay to have tough moments and to seek help when needed. Staying present and empathetic while setting boundaries and expectations is a delicate balance, and it also, like I said, it takes a lot of energy. But with time and practice, you'll find a rhythm that works for both you and your children. Keep this in mind. Your efforts to create a nurturing learning environment will benefit your child's or your children's emotional growth and academic progress for years to come. So this is worth paying attention to. There are many ways to respond to the emotional roller coaster of parenting and homeschooling. And I hope this episode has given you a few to try out in your family. Thanks so much for joining me today. And you can find the show notes for this episode along with links to all the resources I mentioned at artofhomeschooling.com slash episode 157. See you next time. That's all for today, my friend. But here's what I want you to remember. Rather than perfection, let's focus on connection. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Art of Homeschooling podcast. Mm-hmm.